0: Hey guys, it's Josh and welcome back to the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Joining me today is Alice Lucas, okay? Alice, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be where you are today.
1: Okay, Uh, well thank you so much Joshua, first of all, for having me. I'm uh, really excited to be on this podcast. Um, I'm a yoga teacher and a Reiki practitioner and I do this full time. This is actually my second career I've been doing this for about five years before that I taught first grade so um, teaching is very natural to me and when I became extremely passionate about yoga after a few years I knew I really wanted to learn how to teach and share this practice with other people. Um, So, yeah, I I teach both in studio settings, so, like, publicly you can find my name on a schedule and go to my class with a bunch of strangers, or I've been trying more recently to get into more private and semi-private lessons so you can hire me to come to your house or you can come to my house where i have a home studio and i do uh, yoga and reiki reiki is probably the one of the two offerings that people are least familiar with Uh, reiki is energy healing so um I have the client on a massage table and I'm placing my hands around and on their head, torso, feet, and back. And what I'm doing is basically meditating or channeling to bring in this healing, balancing energy that um, helps them feel restored, uh, balanced and renewed in terms of their subtle body.
0: Wow. I mean, like that's amazing. It's, It's really refreshing because I've gotten to do this a couple times on the show, talk to people where they're not in their first career anymore. I've always been a big believer in turning your passion into a profit. So the fact that you found something that you were passionate about a second time that you were still uh, able to create a life around, I think that's amazing uh, for one. And then two, being a healer is also – it's something – that's so rare that people are gifted with or called to. And when they lean into it and embrace it, I always give kudos because not everybody can do it. So the fact that you learned it, took it in, and now you are sharing that with the world, like I said, we just have to thank you. Um, and then I'm here like as a student today, um, I, like, I'm in your first grade classroom again. I have. My notebook handy, like I'm going to be taking some notes uh, when I hear that uh, wealth of knowledge that you have um, to learn just about Reiki and um, how, especially how that and yoga have played such a major part in your life. Um, Thank you for giving the explanation of it, uh, Reiki, at the beginning, um, because I know a lot of people, like you said, aren't too familiar with it. I just heard about it for the first time, maybe like four or five months ago. Um, Okay. And it was crazy that I happened to find you because I've been looking for somebody to come on the show forever uh, to talk about it because I was really curious about it. I mean, when you have a question, you have to get it answered, you know. Sure, I could, I could, we could have Googled what it was, but just having somebody who's lived the lifestyle and practice it come on and talk about it is a thousand and ten times better, you know.
1: is so impressive um, I, I can say more on reiki when someone has never heard of it before i usually start off by explaining it like this i say in order to understand reiki we need to remove ourselves from this western mindset uh, reiki originated in japan in the 1920s and in japan Energy is such a a part of life. It's understood as something that, you know, is, I guess, real. Whereas some people in this culture don't give significance to that. But, you know, in Japan, for example, most people have heard of the Cherry Blossom Festival, What's happening there is people are going to see these beautiful blossoms to stand under them to soak up the energy of these plants because they believe that that will serve them throughout the year. Um, reiki consists of two syllables, two word parts, and it's two um, different shapes in Japanese calligraphy, rei and ki. Now, ki, I'll start with that. Is similar to chi or prana in the Indian yoga traditions, or um, kundalini energy, or eros. If you've heard of of any of those life force energy, source energy, many many traditions, you know, acknowledge that as being something that's that's very real in our world. Um, so that's what ki means. Ray means spiritually guided. So in Japan, there are a bunch of different kinds of key. There's a, a, a cloud key, which is weather. There's a people key, which is popularity. So wow. rate, yeah, is this spiritually guided healing key, energy. So that's what we're working with here. Um, so for some, some context, that's, that's kind of what's, what's happening Um, during a reiki session and what what i'm doing is i'm meditating or channeling i'm bringing in this energy and i am a vessel i'm not you know producing reiki within myself i'm channeling it from a greater power and through my hands i'm able to share that with my client so it's it's pretty far out yeah it's pretty far out but it's becoming more and more uh, respected and recognized, and it's starting to be used in hospitals and in conjunction with, um, you know, other, other Western forms of medical treatment. So it's really up and coming, which is why uh, kudos to you for hearing about it and wanting to learn more and, and helping me on. Well,
0: you know, um, I encourage just not myself, but everybody, everybody I meet to learn at least one new thing a day. Um, Because you never know when or how it could affect your life. Um, especially, uh, like I said, Re- Reiki in particular, for me, um, I feel like being part of the millennial generation or the post-millennial generation, we're all about vibes. You know, uh, We're always talking about this is a vibe. That's a vibe. I'm looking for this vibe. Vibes are just like resonance or energy. So it's really not that weird or I'm surprised more, like I said, I'm not surprised more people are getting into it. Uh, since they're always trying to find the proper vibe you know maybe you know <laughs> after a reiki session they they will have found the vibe they're looking for that resonance you know
1: yeah exactly you're exactly right joshua i mean vibe stands for vibration energy is vibration we all have it in us and around us and it can and often does get out of balance and then you know we suffer from that and the way that that in balance manifests. So um, yeah, Reiki is is becoming more and more well known and respected and it's gonna continue to um, change people's lives in beautiful ways.
0: I'm just happy to be ahead of a curve for once. I feel like so often, well, not so often. we don't chase trends here, but there are a lot of things that happen where you know you just feel like you're behind the times or like, how didn't I hear about this? So I'm glad that I can not get in early because like you said, it's from the Japanese culture and tradition. So they've been doing it probably for like hundreds or thousands of years. So it's not something new, but it's something that's becoming more prominent. Um, So I'm glad I was able to get here before the wave, you know, that way I can ride it instead of being crushed by it, trying to like soak up all this information, you know, I actually have time to study it properly.
1: because um, I would love for you to receive a session. Reiki, because it takes place outside of our like earthly plane in general, it doesn't have to happen in person. So um, it can be done in a context like this through Zoom. When I receive Reiki, the Reiki master that I work with um, always does it virtually. So interestingly, yeah, it can happen in that context too. So we'll talk because oh. I'd love for you to feel it and experience
0: it. Um, like I said, I'm all about new experiences. Uh, I think that's like the other part of being a m- millennials. We're always up for adventure, like something new, um, exploration, so I'm totally down. And one, I guess another reason it's been so prevalent on my mind lately is, so I live maybe about three or five minutes away from a Reiki center. So they do, they teach Reiki crystals and yoga and like one other thing it's like a whole little holistic compound I was nervous to try it so I was like you know what I have to learn about it I have to find like once you know somebody who like does something it becomes a little less scary and you're more willing to try it or be open to the experience which is why I was like m- like meeting you I was like okay after I talked to her or even before I talk to her like I'm pretty sure I can get a feel for and trust the process yeah absolutely um, because it's
1: something that's so new to people you know inevitably there is that nervousness you know anxiety as well yeah. but re- receiving Reiki is a beautiful experience and it's completely passive so you know all you have to do is go there and lay down or maybe they'll have you sit down but you know just soak it up there's nothing for you to do except be your wonderful self
0: (laughs) i think i can do that um you talked about earlier how you work with a reiki master yourself how did you discover first discover reiki
1: yeah so uh through the yoga community um you know, I heard about it a lot because yoga um, is more physical and tangible, but yoga is energy work as well. You know, the way you feel before a yoga class and after a yoga class is completely different. And um, so uh, Reiki came to my awareness through my work in yoga, and there was someone in the community, and I wanted to check it out. Um, I actually... I'm like, let's see, how how much do I want to go into my personal life here? But uh, I actually was married. I didn't want to touch on this because your podcast and what you're all about, I'm getting a little bit distracted here, is just perfectly aligned with what I'm going through. I left a 15-year relationship um, about a year ago. So I, for the first time in my whole adult life, am getting used to what it means to be single and how it's not so bad. And you know, it's actually beautifully revealing and healing. And the whole thesis of your show really um, resonated with me right now. But anyway, when I was married, um, I became emotionally interested in someone else. And I did not want that. You know, I was monogamous in my marriage and um I wanted to cut cords with this person, cut energetic cords with this person. And I had heard that you could do that through Reiki. That's not something that I can do in my training, Mm -hmm. but someone who, you know, is, is more advanced and more experienced is able to do that. So that's what got me in the door, actually, was that you know, kind of dramatic backstory. <laughs> but as soon as I went in there, I remember my words to her. Um, I was like, holy, you know, like, whoa, like, it's so real. Yeah. It's so tangible to me. Everyone experiences Reiki differently, but when I experience it and when I channel it to give it, it's extremely physical. So in my body, I feel floating, sinking, Waves, right. tingles, temperature fluctuations, and when I was on the table for the first time, feeling those sensations for the first time, it was so incredible. And it, uh, you know, I did have another session uh, a couple weeks later, and it did help with the issue that brought me in the, the door. But more than anything, I just became obsessed because I had never felt that way. You know, besides maybe like after yoga class or being high or something, you know, it, it was very different to my body and to my awareness system. Um, so I continued to receive it. And um, then uh, I want to say maybe it was a year or something after I first um, received it. I started feeling raking energy in my body when I was off at the table. Right. So, you know, it was actually one week. It was very extreme for me. Everyone's experience is different again. But uh, over the course of one week, I felt energy in my body. I became energy sensitive in a way that I never had. So those sensations I described, like that sinking, that floating, those temperature tingles, um, I had a lot of. Sensations in my third eye chakra. So, like, tingles all the way down my face. And I couldn't get to stop and I couldn't control it. And it was really actually scary and uncomfortable. Yeah. What the heck is this? What is going on? You know, what has taken over my body? Um, So, I decided to um, start getting trained in Reiki so I could learn more about it and how to.
0: Control, control. It, how yeah. it. I mean, I, I can totally understand that. That like out of body experience. Um, it's kind of like the first time when you're younger, you like have alcohol or you're on any stimulant or uh, depressant or like whatever, um, and you go outside your normal realm of consciousness. So I can't imagine what like all that abundance of energy stored inside you felt like, um, but. Like I said, control is a really big thing for us, like as people, uh, especially over here in the, the West or just, you know, we we think we always have to be so put together. Like we're always like looking for an explanation. So I could see like that loss of control being a little jarring. Speaking of, like I didn't ask what part of like where are you located on this big map that we reside on?
1: Yeah, I'm in south southwest Michigan, so Detroit, oh. Michigan. Oh, so we're like we're not
0: too far away from each other then, because I'm in Ohio. And
1: where are you? Located?
0: I'm in Columbus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. See, it's, it's always so funny to see where people are because you think like, oh, they're like thousands of miles away, or like they're like on the west coast or somewhere far from you, but really, a, a short little road trip down the way. Yeah. 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 I think one of my first, literally one of my first guests ended up only living like 20, like 20 minutes away from me. And I'm just like, wait, we're not doing this over Zoom. Like, so I invited him over and um, we we just did an in person session, which I thought was really amazing. Um,
1: nice and just a coincidence.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a small world, it's a small world. That's cool. Um, another question I had, I've been really bad at this this season but our word of the year is connection um, how has like you said there's there's a connection that you've shared with Reiki and yoga. Um, can you tell us how those two combined have helped you connect throughout your everyday life? because so often like we said like people they they, they might go to yoga or like they hear about yoga but they don't see how yoga translates into every day or so. I know it has to be the same for Reiki as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I really preach that yoga is has the power to change your life you know you many people go into yoga because they want to get stronger and more flexible but it has the power to shift your perspective and help you to live the most positive peaceful and productive life that you can uh, one big way that yoga does this is through observation so it's a mindfulness practice when you're on the mat, you're noticing your breath. You're noticing the sensations of the muscles engaged in the poses. You're noticing, you know, what the internal organs feel like in a twist. It's, it's mindfulness. And through mindfulness, not only can you develop a greater appreciation and sense of gratitude for your life, but you can also observe your reactions. So in life... You can't control things that happen to you. There's going to be situations and people that, you know, you don't like that don't feel good. But what you can control is your reactions. You can choose how you want to feel about what's happened to you and how you want to interact with the situation, you know, that's happened to you. So it really helps to make you so much more peaceful because instead of you know, let's say a car cuts you off, you instantly react with anger and frustration, you know, through a a yoga practice, you're able to be like, oh, I, that car cut me off. And I notice my nervous system reacting to that. Well, why don't I take a deep breath instead? And, you know, make the conscious choice to not let this moment have an effect on my day. So, um, Yeah, that is one of the ways that, you know, you can take yoga specifically off the mat and connect it to your life in a larger way and use it to be happier. Um, I mean, take me, for example, my whole life has been so changed by yoga that I, as I mentioned, totally shifted my career, you know, made a lot of sacrifices in order to be able to do this full time so I can practice and share this really extremely powerful practice.
0: I think so. We we appreciate that. Um, but I know, like I said, that I know that had to have been difficult for you, um, making the change to just let go of what some people might call practicality. Um, not everybody is understanding that. I always bring my mom up when, when I talk about this, but I love her to death. She knows that, um, but she says there are re- there are certain things that are real jobs uh, in quotation marks. And so people think that when you start a, a business yourself, or when you leave a structured environment and go somewhere that's uncertain or new. Um, so like I said, kudos for that initial step off. And then another just amazing shout out for making it into a reality because some people I'm like, I'm going through that little bubble myself where I'm like trying to exit the corporate world and just take my business and my passion and turn it into something that's self-sufficient. But you have, like I said, you had to have felt the right time. Like, like the energy must have aligned it and like told you or directed you that this is the right choice. Um, So I don't know if you could really go into more detail about that, but like, was there a specific moment where you knew, where you were like, all right, kids, it's been fun, but I'm going to teach yoga now.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a specific moment, but it was the combination of me getting really burnt out on the public school system and me feeling increasingly passionate about yoga. Interestingly, they're related because I got so deeply into yoga because I needed it so badly because my job teaching first grade in an underserved school district was so stressful that yoga became a necessity. And I noticed how therapeutic it was. And as I was talking about before how much more peaceful it made me in the classroom and less reactive and able to, you know, deal with the kids and love on the kids. Um, but, uh, I'll give a shout out to <laughs> to teachers. I mean, that job was hard. Yeah. That job was hard. Woo. I did it for eight years. I loved so much about it, but, um, Yeah, I mean, the the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the uh, high-stakes testing. So my little babies, I had six- and seven-year-olds, it was imperative that they performed well on these standardized tests. And my pay and my teacher evaluation was based on how they did on these tests. So I was seeing myself putting so much pressure on these little kids, and that's just not something I believed in. So um that's why I moved away from you know the public school teaching and um yeah and and, and do dove, dove into yoga. Now I did take a bridge year, which is what I would recommend for anyone wanting to make a move like this. I uh taught yoga um at a studio at two studios my first year away from my salary job and also taught at an alternative preschool. I was an assistant at an alternative preschool. So that was helpful. And it's been over the course of these five years that I've been able to move away from the studio classes. Although as mentioned, you can still find me at studios, but currently I'm about half and half, you know, private offerings versus public offerings. So it's been a process, um, but I would, my advice would be, be open-minded and be humble. And if it doesn't look exactly the way you want it to look, you know, the moment you walk away from your corporate job, have patience with yourself and, um, just, it it may be like a slower process than leaving my classroom. And then the next day being a full-time yoga teacher, it didn't work like that. Of
0: course. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we know change is sudden, but we hope it's not that sudden shifting back now into Reiki. Um, so can you kind of walk us through what a typical session would look like when you, you first, you know, walk in or. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, different things that I offer. Um, You know, clients can hire me for a 60 minutes of Reiki, but many people
0: Shifting back now into Reiki. So can you kind of walk us through what a typical session would look like you first start?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um... Things that I offer, um, you know, clients can hire me for 60 minutes of Reiki, but many people, because they know me through my role as a yoga teacher, will want a little bit of yoga followed by Reiki, which is a really awesome combination. If you want yoga before the Reiki session, clients tend to want a really restorative yoga class uh, with lots of you know, passive stretches. And I really love to give hands on assists. So, you know, when you're in a restorative twist, I'll come in and and with some massage, like touch, just kind of help you get deeper into that. So um, that's not quite yet answering your question. But often people with me based on my background want yoga and Reiki but when it's time for Reiki you know that takes place on a massage table so I have a massage table that I either set out in my little uh, space here or I, I bring to the client and we'll just kind of talk similar to how we've been talking so far about what Reiki is a lot of people are coming into it you know never having experienced it before um yeah, I talk to people about what it is. I, I tell them to have no expectations because there's a whole range of experiences that people have. For some, it's really subtle. For some, it's quite drastic. Um, I describe the sensations that they might feel energetically. And people also, because we're getting into these higher levels of energy consciousness, may have memories or realizations or downloads during Mm. a reiki session so um, you know I'll, i'll talk about that a little and then i'll ask the client is there anything going on in your life energetically that you'd like me to know about so like in my example i first discovered reiki because i was interested in the concept of cord cutting other people come in because they're feeling really energetically exhausted Other people come in because they're having a really hard time communicating. And, you know, those details will help me um, know what energy centers to work on and just kind of what to look out for once I I get in there. Um, And then the client will uh, lay down, you know, I'll I'll offer them a blanket over the body or maybe a a bolster, a cushion under the knees, just anything that they want in order to help them feel really, you know, relaxed. And then I'll, I'll just go in and it's uh, a series of hand positions, either touching or hovering over these energy centers, which are located in the head, torso, feet. So I'll do, you know, that work on the front of the body, then we'll turn around and do some back body work. And then we'll close again with the the front I expose so I can clear the energy and just kind of uh seal up the the process um yeah and then after after the session I'll offer them water and we'll just kind of chat and share about what I experienced and what they experienced and just kind of um do a little debrief before we say goodbye I
0: that's so refreshing. So often when you try new experiences, having that debrief or aftercare, um, just after you've gone through something emotionally charged, just checking back in um, and letting your partner know like we're back in reality, reacclimating to this environment is huge. Cause sometimes you don't, like I said, you don't understand, what, especially if you feel it right away, you know, or you're already empathetic to things. It might be a more intense experience for you so doing that deep breath has to be monumental for your client
1: yeah absolutely i've actually learned through experience um i did a couple sessions you know when i was first starting off offering Reiki. i started offering it to my private yoga clients you know just just saying hey I, i've been learning about this new form of healing Would you like to experience it? And uh, yeah, I learned the hard way that it definitely is something that needs some time, some debrief, because there were two sessions, especially where the client had a really intense experience, you know, her first time with Reiki, and then I just had to go. And I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) And you know, it definitely didn't feel right. It definitely didn't feel right. So I make sure that to leave time to talk about it because... For many people, they're experiencing something new that they never have experienced in in their lives.
0: So, I mean, like I said uh, you seem to be doing the uh, the right thing in my, like my book. Um, you know, you you paint such a clear picture that anybody who's been listening to this can just imagine, or you know, gets a clear view of what to expect when they go in if they practice, whether physically or virtually. So, I'm all about. Like the how-to, like I used to read those on the, the how to do something for dummies. Like I love, I, I have to get the like the, the most layman terms breakdown because sometimes concepts are hard to grasp. I was like, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. I'm understanding right. So I'm glad you, you like I can tell you are a teacher because you explained that beautifully. You Unlike me, when I explain things, I go on tangents sometimes. And then my tangent has a tangent just to bring me back to the original point. So <laughs> you, you did that with minimal to no tangents, which I just, I'm envious of because I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going back to something you said way, way earlier. Oh, when you were talking about you personally, how like you just ended this 15 year relationship. That's actually not too weird. Um, I think you're like the third or fourth guest on my show who, I don't know what it is about the number 15, but they, they were in a 15 year like commitment or partnership and it ended, so they also had this period of kind of rebirth right now that you're going through. Um, and just to see, it was a little while ago for them, so just to see how they've progressed through it, I know that you're, you're gonna shine and be resilient through it, through it as well, but how has your personal practices helped you through it? Because having something to lean into, help you refocus or align, I, to me, it seems like that would be like the perfect thing for transition.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Um, both Reiki and yoga have been crucial this year, completely critical to what feels like my survival. Um, you know, I'll start with Reiki. One of the most wonderful things about becoming a Reiki practitioner is I can give it to myself. So, um, i this year i've been struggling a lot with insomnia and i can do reiki to myself you know in the middle of the night when i wake up i can self-soothe and i can put myself back to sleep and that has been such a blessing um so amazing i'm so grateful for that um and in terms of yoga yep that's been really critical too um yoga is wonderful because not only is it a physical exercise but it's also you know i i'm kind of joking kind of not a religion (laughs) you know a church my community yeah my best friends uh my whole like philosophical outlook on life um is from yoga so It's been huge, and I'm so grateful for both practices and the people, you know, including yourself, that it's introduced me to and allowed me to surround myself with, um, for anyone that's going through any transition, whether, you know, it's a breakup or anything, any kind of loss or transition, either modality, yoga or Reiki, would be extremely helpful extremely helpful so much gratitude that that i have both of those practices in my
0: life listen we all we all need to be regrounded sometimes um with the flow of life and how turbulent it becomes we get tossed around bruised up battered um, and sometimes it feels like we're in the middle of an ocean like emotionally or physically like you could be like tarzan or the Titanic, and you somehow end up in the middle of the ocean. Um, but having something that you can recall, especially something you can do yourself. So for me, my first introduction, really, um, when I started my journey towards expanding my consciousness, I'll call it, was breathing. Breath work was the the match um, that kind of like got this whole thing rolling. But just when I realize I'm in situations that made me anxious or maybe a little more upset than I wanted to be, or I just needed to think clearly, um, and act less on impulse breath was that thing for me. So, uh, I'm super eager, like I said, to continue to learn about Reiki and I've really been in the yoga. I've had a couple instructors on, and we've talked about different aspects, so I'm glad that you also had these two modalities to help anchor you not just through the big things but just the everyday small things as well because a lot of people they miss those they miss that they're like they're so they're super cognizant of big events that happened into their lives but they forget about the minor things as well and if you don't handle the minor things it just makes the major things feel even more grandiose in my opinion
1: yeah well put yes yeah.
0: Um, so we're kind of wrapping up here, but there are a couple of questions I just like to ask my guests because well it's my show and I get I can do what I want. <laughs> and yeah. uh what the, <laughs> you know, like it's like that song, uh it's my party, I can cry if I want to. It's my show, I can ask it if I want to. That's right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, so I have a couple goals before I turn 30, and one of those goals is to fill out my bookshelf. So I bought a bookshelf, maybe like two, yeah, the podcast is two years ago. So I, so two years ago, I bought a bookshelf. I filled up maybe about a third of it, but I, I know, especially with energy practices, um, or other holistic, um, intrinsic kind of things like yoga and such that there are like books to read as well, uh, as the physical practice. Would you have any books or materials that you would recommend that I could possibly add to my bookshelf um, to learn more about Reiki? Yeah,
1: well, um, to learn more about Reiki, I don't actually have a book recommendation, um, but I have a podcast recommendation
0: for you. We can, we can (laughs) add that to the list too. Okay.
1: Um, So there's a podcast called Reiki Radio. And the second episode, I believe, is called, What is Reiki? And that is a, I would recommend that to you and to any listener who's curious about having a more detailed description about what Reiki is. That specific episode, you know, I've shared with my parents and, and new clients and, and just anyone who's curious, I think she does a really great job of, of explaining it. Um, in terms of yoga, though, I do have a book for your shelf. I recommend uh, "Light on Yoga" by B.K.S. Iyengar, and it's a it's a big book. You know, the shape of a chapter book, but most of the book are photographs of him, uh, Iyengar, in these uh, poses in yoga poses. Right. But the first part, the introduction, is a really beautiful description of generally
0: what yoga is, um, philosophically. Um, so that's the book that I would recommend for your shelf. All right. Yeah. Uh, like I appreciate that. Like, I don't know about you. I don't know what it is about the bookshelf, but it just, for me, it's like a symbol of my, like my maturity. So as it fills out, I feel like I'm, it's like a, like a progress bar. I'm like reading my way into adulthood. Um, one of the mottos we have on this show is like I'm a, we're on a seesaw between adulthood and being a raging dumpster fire and I'm like I'm trying to find that balance and sometimes reading uh, or like learning something helps me lean more towards the adulthood section great yeah. yeah
1: yeah I I love to read myself yeah good for you with your bookshelf I like
0: that thank you <laughs> All now I can't let you go yet because there's a section that all my fans would be devastated if I skipped. Um, we call it our quickie questions. It's just like five, six easy questions. They get a little more stimulating as we go along to help us get to know who the real Alice is. And it's just about life and relationships. So you think you're ready for a lightning round? All right, I'm ready for it. All right, first one super easy. We kind of already talked about it. Are you a bachelorette right now or are you taken? Or are you just off the market working on you?
1: I, I'm a bachelorette um, that is also spending a lot of time working on myself. <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying to not be super eager for my next partnership uh, because this opportunity to be independent is just so rich with uh, – introspection and growth opportunities
0: i i totally get that i'm i'm also enjoying that like that same mind frame i've been able to travel and do so much more on my bucket list because it's just me to worry about and focus on um and that's healthy i think uh question two when you are looking for a person what's one quality that you are hoping to find in your next partner oh good question um
1: uh, the f- first thing that comes to mind, I think, is communication. Um, I think that's t- crucial to any relationship, whether it's y- someone in a work setting or in a friendship setting or in a romantic setting, the ability to be able to talk and, and hear, you know, needs and desires and preferences and to be able to, work to understand and
0: perhaps accommodate those is really critical in my opinion. Okay, Um, I'm guessing you've been in more than one relationship. Even if you've been in one, I think you still answer this question. What's like a no-go for you or a red flag that really stands out?
1: Okay, let's see. Um,
0: If you can't think of one, I will will be uh a gracious host. I will let you name two to three, you know, a a couple big ones. If you Uh can't, if you can't look one right in the eye. Um, Well, I
1: mean, I think based off of my background, you know, I shared with you, I, I've been in a relationship for 15 years. And before that, uh, I mean, I was with my ex since we were 19. So I actually don't have a lot of experience dating in the course of my lifetime but uh, one thing that I think um, is important to me is fidelity and monogamy. Um, I did a little bit of dating, you know, this past year, um, kind of ex- experimenting with like an open relationship or non exclusivity, and I realized that that really didn't work for me at least right now at this point in my journey, it's something that I'm not used to and, and really didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So, um, in terms of a, you know, serious partnership, I think that my energy is best shared in a one-on-one
0: context, which which is completely okay. And I'm glad you're able to admit these things. Uh, we had a guest on a couple, well, a while ago, um, her name was Heidi, and she like we talked about polyamory and ethical non ethical non monogamy a lot, and that was one of the things we talked about is you tried it. That was that was the the, the biggest thing. So many people are just completely shut off to it, um, and they just say no. You gave it a try, and you realized it wasn't for you. That's a huge step, and I believe that translates to a lot of different parts of your life, um, being open to things and trying them to see if they are or not beneficial to just your existence. You know, how do you like to live your life? If you could go back in time and tell younger Alice something about relationships, what would that be?
1: Oh, let's see. Um, I would say, you know, folk take care of you, take care of yourself. You know, your relationship you have with yourself and your um, self knowledge is equally as important, if not more important than taking care of, um, your, your partner. So uh, yeah, I would tell my younger self, prioritize yourself, watch out for yourself, take care of number one, that's you.
0: (laughs) Listen, we always say it when the plane goes down, you got to put your own airbag on first before you worry about anybody else. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. Just like that. Yeah. What's one area that you think that you could still work on as a partner?
1: Um, I, I mean, lots, you know, I mean, there's, there's lots of things that I could still work on. Um, I, one of them I would say, and, and I'm like, let's
0: see, it's hard to articulate outside of my therapy sessions. <laughs> Listen, this is um, therapy, right? You're in a safe yeah. space right now where we're hoping to grow. You're right.
1: Yeah. Um, I think just being really open. Been minded um, to other people's experiences and um, beliefs and needs um, yeah let's say I'll, I'll leave it at that yeah being uh-huh. yeah yep yeah, i'll leave it at that so,
0: <laughs> you, this, is, this isn't a test you know i don't you don't have to do a lot of detail uh you know it's extended response uh, however, you feel is the correct answer here. At least that's that's my book, and my book has the answers in it, so that's right. <laughs> Last question: If you could pick anywhere in the world to like set up shop and just practice yoga and Reiki all day every day, like, I mean, like you kind of do that now, but is there is there a space that you would I like have have envisioned just? doing a class or a retreat to?
1: Well, one of my favorite places in the world and um, I actually lived there for four years is Tucson, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I often fantasize about moving there again or moving back there again part-time because the Michigan winters are hard for me. And Tucson, Arizona is gorgeous. If you haven't been, I would highly recommend it. They have, you know, enormous saguaro cactuses, which are really ancient and um, gorgeous mountains, beautiful weather. And yeah, Tucson, Arizona, I, I left part of my heart there. So I would love to see myself back there someday.
0: Okay. Well, Alice, thank you so much for imparting your wisdom and just sharing the amazing frequency that is you with us today. Um, Before we get out of here, just let everybody know where they can find you and what you have coming up.
1: Yeah. Thank you. So uh, check out my website. It's my first and last name followed by yoga. So www.alice.com lucasyoga.com a-l-i-c-e-l-u-c-a-s and i'm also very active on my instagram which is how we connected i learned and uh that is alice underscore in underscore yoga land underscore so check me out there um I don't have any workshops coming up within the next couple months, but if you're in the Detroit area this summer, I have um, workshops coming up in June, July, and August on inversions, yoga poses. So in June, I'm teaching headstand. This is a two-hour workshop on a Saturday. In July, I'm teaching forearm stand, and in uh, August, I'm teaching handstand. So if you are interested in increasing your practice and you're around, um, yeah, you can put that on your radar.
0: All righty. Thank you so much again for just for stopping in and just being the amazing presence you are. Um, I know that you've piqued my curiosity into learning more about energy, uh, Reiki in specific. Um, and hopefully you this could be the first step for a bunch of my listeners as well, just finding a source of grounding and enlightenment um, through the overall work fatigue that I know we're all feeling coming out of this post-pandemic and just our everyday work lives. So guys, I will see you guys next Thursday for another episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Go check out Alice's website, follow her on Instagram, you know, double tap to show some love. I think that's always the best way uh, to show some support and just continue to think about how you're connecting with others on this journey that we call life. See you next time.